Nuno and João are partners from The Walking Mentorship, and they bring the inside look in the life of the people they walk with. The podcast Keep Walking With Me searches for potential solutions towards the best version of ourselves. Every month, we walk together with a guest. There is a disclaimer that needs to be shared. After listening to this program, you might feel the urge to step outside and go for a long walk. But don't worry, that is absolutely normal. Welcome to the podcast, Keep Walking With Me. Today, like always, we have a very, very special guest. So without further ado, let me ask, in a nutshell, who is Glenn Perkenkamp? Oh, thank you both for having me. Uh, I will begin by saying Glenn Birkenkamp can best be described as a spiritual being currently having a human experience, uh, consciousness that is now manifest in a, in a man named Glenn Birkenkamp, who's sitting in the house he grew up in currently while visiting his mother. He, uh, he's a teacher, uh, he's a writer, speaker, uh, he loves to lead walks. And, uh, and he lives an inspired life, and that's an inspired life of service. I think that sums up Glenbrook. Beautiful. Well, actually, in, in your website, you say you are a grounded free thinker and a lover of life, which is yeah. sounds amazing. But can you tell us exactly what that means for you? Well, I think when I put the word grounded in, I put it in because sometimes when people think of free thinkers, they think of them as being overly lofty, maybe out of touch with an element of reality. They're going so much against perhaps the grain that they're not grounded. So the, the grounded free thinker uh, just means that it's centered in something that is based in a solid foundation. So therefore I'd say a grounded free thinker mm -hmm. where uh, where I, I feel that I'm, I have discernment and, uh, and I have a sense of center and I connect into my soul that, that brings me into the moment in a nice way. As far as the lover of life, boy, I, I feel life is such a miracle. I am in complete awe of life. Um, I, I stand in awe every day of what is in front of me. Uh, not always the most uh, good stuff you could say. There's challenges for all of us in life, but. I'm so awed by it and the mystery of life and the creation of life. So yes, the lover of life is a, a good definition. Well, and, and Glenn, you, you also say that you are a forever student of self and soul. Um, and I, I guess we would love uh, for you to elaborate a little bit more on that. What does it mean? Yeah, well, the, the self, well, forever student means, first of all, having humility being humble and realizing first and foremost that I or, or, or anyone for that matter does not know, not, not know everything. Um, well, even, even when we're a master of a certain craft, a specific craft in a lifetime, we can still uh, refine ourselves. We can still go deeper into it. We can still expand our knowledge and, and our wisdom around it. So for me, uh, I, I'm, I've always been a student and, and I believe I'm lucky in that sense, or fortunate in that sense, that I have an ability to learn. I have a good ability to focus and learn. So that's very important to me. When I say self, my, my path has been one of self-mastery, of, of self-realization, of know thyself. That's the path that I walk. And I feel that really the only people or person we can come to know uh, during our walk through life is our own self. 
So for me, that's that's been paramount. And that's been, I guess, since I was about 23 years old, I made that decision. I had been a bodybuilder prior to that. And I said, I now wanted to explore my inside as much as I had explored my outside, uh, the inner world as opposed to the outer world. And and then as far as the, we, went, we talked about self, and now we talk about soul, this larger essence of who we are, you know, it became very clear to me uh, in earlier years of my life that there was something beyond the physical. And that was also, I'm part of that, and I am that. And, you know, so we have lots of words through different languages and religions that talk about it, but, you know, the soul, the spirit, the, the, the indwelling Christ, people might call it. Um, so that is something I'm fascinated by because I've had wonderful experiences where that transcends just the physical, uh, what we call our physical reality. And, and that pointed me very clearly to knowing that there's more. Um, we all experience that more in our own unique ways, but I believe it's there for all of us. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's definitely inspiring and, uh, and, and kind of lofty. Um, but actually, I'm going to uh, hold on to the learning part uh, and, uh, and connect to something I love. Well, besides people, nature and walking, I love dogs. Absolutely. And <laughs> I know you, I was really curious about the mindful dog walking. So I'm hoping to learn something with you today. Um, can you give me some hints? Well, I think. You're referring to the walk in my book. It's by mindfully walking your dog. And it's uh, like all yeah. the walks in the book, I consider it a walking meditation. And for a lot of people, as you both know from your the work you do with walking with others, is a lot of people, they only really get out and walk when it's walking their dog or dog. Indeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a beautiful thing. It connects them with the animal. It connects them with the outer world. And it, it has many benefits, as we know. Um, but mm -hmm. what also happens is you can become uh, on what I call autopilot. So in other words, mm -hmm. you can become very disconnected and unpresent for the walk. You may be looking at your cell phone the whole time, or uh, you may not even be aware of where, whether you're leading or the dog is leading, whether see, the dog is in something, you may be totally disconnected from it. So the, the mindful dog walk, it starts from the very beginning when you put, uh, if one puts a leash or a lead on the dog, from that very beginning, you feel the leash in your hand. What's the weight of it? What's the color of it? What is the collar like on your dog? You know, all these things, they become a blur to us after a while. What is it like to attach the lead to the collar? What does it feel like? And, and then slowly, you know, stepping out, not using your phone, refraining from the phone at, at that point, and walking mindfully with the dog, seeing, you know, what is the dog's pace? What is your pace? What is your... What do you feel like when you walk? What do you notice and what have you not been noticing uh, about this walk? And so it's an opportunity just to one, deepen your connection to this animal that you love. And then of course, deepen your connection to the world in which you walk the dog. And for many people, it's a habitual walk. They do the same walk. Maybe it's a half mile or whatever to take the dog to go to the bathroom back. And it becomes repetitive and like you said, autopilot. So it gives one an opportunity to, to re-examine and re reconnected with the world that they're inhabiting. And also it allows you to read your body well. Like I, one of the things I mentioned in the book is there was a, a stressful time in my life years, many years ago when I had a dog and I didn't realize how stressed I was until I was walking my dog. And I realized my patience with the dog was very short. 
But I also realized the dog didn't change. He was doing the same thing he was doing every day. It was me that was, you know, was in a stressed space. I realized that on that walk. I told this is, this is interesting. And so how many people are walking their dogs not really aware of how they're truly feeling? So it's a, it's a walk that brings you into the present, into yourself, into greater relationship with your dog, and, and of course, greater relationship with the world around you. Well, no, no. I, I think we have some work to do here after this yeah. uh, explanation <laughs> from Glenn. So, food for uh, thought, and I'm I'm looking forward to follow my dog the next time. Actually, because uh, I, I tend to stress about yeah. where to go, and maybe just following where he wants to go can be really yeah. much this more peaceful. A big, yes. big challenge. Well, but well, <laughs> read him the book, read him the walk first, and see what the dog thinks, and then just take it from there. Yeah, well, that, I, actually, I will do actually, that. <laughs> actually, Glenn, let me pick up on, on the book exactly that you mentioned, because, I mean, uh, you, you are author of different books, but one of your book actually, books is actually uh, named Walking with Glenn Birkenkamp. So I, I, I think I have to ask you, why such a name of a book? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting question. And before... Uh, Nunu mentioned, I, I gave a comment or a response, and he said, that's lofty. So you're going to get ready for another lofty one. Uh, yeah. No, but we love it. Don't, don't take we it love it. criticism. Not at all. Uh, but my question was just very, very practical, which was not in fact. So here it is. Uh, I've been a walker for many years. Of course, as, as the viewers or the, the listeners are hearing now, my name is Glenn Burkamp. Um, so, but I've been a walker for many years. I grew up in a family of walkers. We would walk uh, after we would have our, our dinner. We would walk on weekends, always walk when we would travel different places. And so I grew up with that in, in my life. Uh, you could say it's my lineage. And, uh, and then over the years, I've, I've led walks. But what happened, I had no, no desire, or, or I should say no, no inkling that I would write a book on walking. It was not something I ever thought about. And one day I was sitting at a stoplight in, in a town nearby where I live. And I look over the passenger seat of my car and I see briefly a flash of a book laying on the seat and it says, Walking with Glenn Birkenkamp. And then it's gone. So then I went home and that night I sat down with my computer, opened it and said, okay, Spirit, if you want me to write this book, I'm here <laughs> for it. And the book started writing. And so that's my process, pretty much how I write everything. And that's how Walking with Glenn Birkenkamp came. And interestingly enough, that title, uh, when I went to the publisher, I told them, I realize I'm not a famous person. Uh, I don't want to in any way hurt the integrity or sales of the book by putting, <laughs> it's not like uh, mentioning a fame, you know, walking with some star. And um, so I was open to other titles and we would think about other titles. And, uh, and then my mother said to me, I don't understand. If you saw this the way you saw this, didn't you know, like an inspiration in such a way, why would you want to change the title? And I said, well, I'm just thinking of the business and you know these other things. And then finally, it was the it was the publisher that said, no, no, let's let's stay with Walking with Lumber Camp. They liked it, um, and that's that's how it happened. And so it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, usually, yeah. truth. Truth sets you free, right? Yeah, the tr exactly, exactly. And um, well, maybe Glenn, I can add a, a, a very short comment because I had the pleasure to read your book. And uh, besides so many things that um, the reader can learn, 
there is one thing that it's quite obvious throughout the whole book uh, i was literally walking with you so i uh, it cannot be more um you know faithful to the name so <laughs> thank you for that and uh <laughs> and maybe you know picking up you know this um uh opportunities or these uh, revelations that come to our life and sometimes they come uh, with words you know as you explain <laughs> explaining how you got to the name of the book but sometimes it comes in different forms or different dimensions so maybe maybe this is a good time uh, for us to ask you about your first music because uh, you know music just adds another layer to our experience Okay, sure. The first one I'm going to mention to you, and you know, music is fantastic, right? It transports us in so many different ways, and there, there's endless songs I could have come up with, but the three that I came up with uh, have special meaning to me based on where they were, where they entered my life, and how they informed my life. The first one is by a singer-songwriter named Gary Hillman, and it's called "As I Breathe." All right. So let's. Um... Let's listen to it then. As I breathe, I know who I am. As I breathe, I know who I am. I am the flame. I am the name. I am. Oh, as I breathe. I know who I am As I breathe I know who I am I am the flame I am the name I am A river of joy Flows from my heart Rock me in your arms, Divine Mother A river of joy flows from my heart to you Rock me in your arms, Divine Mother Oh, as I breathe, I know As I breathe, I know who I am. I am the flame. I am the name. I am a river of joy flows from my heart to you. Rock me in your arms, Divine Mother. A river of joy flows 
goes from my heart to you Oh, rock me in your arms, divine mother Oh, as I breathe, I know who I am As I breathe, I know who I am I am the flame I am the name I am Well, thank you so much for that, Glenn. It was uh, a pleasure to to listen and I'm definitely going to go back to this song many more times because it definitely inspires um but uh again sorry i'm going for the very basic things but uh it, i'm being real uh yeah. and i'm really curious um how did bodybuilding contributed to the person you are today how how was the impact of that in your in your journey in your life yeah it, well it, it it was uh amazing i would say it was perfect because um bodybuilding well first there's two things elements one is it's about you right so one could certainly view it as a selfish endeavor right uh, at its worst it's a selfish endeavor uh, because it so much revolves around you it's not a team sport mm -hmm. it's very interesting mm -hmm. on the other side the positives of it is so much of it revolves around you so you get <laughs> to really learn about yourself and your body exactly yes and so from my point of view I learned very early on how the muscles work, um, how anatomy, how the body functions, how to lesser degree at that point, but still present, uh, you know, how the nervous system works. And also probably most importantly was this mind-body connection. I, I experienced from a very early age, this mind-muscle connection. And so mm -hmm. it, was, it was a key, it laid the foundation for me also to explore physical strength. Um, pure physical strength. Of course, there's a mental component to it. You know, we have to focus and be, mm -hmm. be prepared to train. But it, it really set the, the foundation for my later years when I went, you could say, deeper beyond just the pure physical. And then ultimately seeing that it's all connected. There's no, there's no physical versus spiritual self. It's all part of the same beingness. And so having explored that, for lack of a better word, beingness from different perspectives i feel that really helped me round out it also helped me to loop back earlier in our conversation to become a grounded free thinker because uh, it wasn't like I, i i was born enlightened or grew up uh, enlightened i was i lived mm -hmm. a very very straightforward lifestyle very in the ego very into how my external presence that dominated pretty much everything how did my body look um And now mm -hmm. I certainly do not look like a bodybuilder, I can assure you. And uh, so, but it was a beautiful part of my journey and uh, it really set mm -hmm. the foundation for me to, in, in, that, in that first chapter of Know Thyself. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, and it's, yeah. it's really, it's, sorry, Jerome, but it's, it's really interesting how that connects to the whole experience of walking and how yeah. walking yeah. connects you with, with your inner self in a way. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there there is always this feedback, and as you said, it's it's all the same thing in the end, right? So yeah, um, I, 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 absolutely. 
but, but Nunu raised uh, a word that um, connection <laughs> that I'm gonna I'm gonna take it in a slightly different direction, but it's still about connection because either uh, because uh, you as an adult or imagine if you are a father, I mean, I'm a father of three boys. Nunu is the father of two. Um, so let me ask you, um, let's talk a little bit about cell phones <laughs> and connection because um, I, I think I read on your book, um, are cell phones our best friends or they can be the biggest uh, party pooper? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's definitely true. Something like that, yeah. 100%. Yeah. My friend calls hers her magic wand because it, it brings anything she needs into her life. I like that. <laughs> but, you know, my, my mention of it in the book, as far as I, one thing I say is, you know, you control technology. Don't let your technology control you. And so there's, there's the difference between a beautiful tool that serves us mm -hmm. so well that we can't even fathom it, really. I mean, it just, from when I was a child to now, it's a whole different world that way. Um, and I well, see the beauty yeah. in it, but I also see the people who, uh, I live near the Redwoods in, in Northern California, and I'll see often people walk through and they're looking at the phone screen and and not the, the redwoods now granted they could be looking at something very important i don't know what's going on in their life but um i think this especially the younger generation is so pulled into the screens now um, that that can be uh, perhaps a challenge for seeing other parts of uh, of our reality definitely yeah. and and well it's they're amazing tools that's well we're using them right now we couldn't yeah. be having this conversation as we are but definitely they, they need to be tools for our use and not to use us so i think that's the, the control needs to lie with us and of course that kind of regulates everything else but that's interesting glenn you, you just mentioned the redwoods and i mean a few years ago i think five or six i i was on a journey uh where you live and uh, i remember perfectly that um I think I was so amazed by those, um, I mean, those trees and environment that I, I barely took pictures because I could not even use the phone. Uh, yeah. So overwhelmed I was by uh, nature in that uh, spectacular uh, dimension. But um, yeah, that, uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing this. Yeah, well, it's, it's beautiful, and I'm glad you got to experience the trees. And I can assure you, the trees are glad to have experienced you. <laughs> I, For sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, Glenn, let me let me ask you because this is something uh, I haven't read the book. I need to be honest here, uh, but I'm really curious about it. And I know it talks about 35 different uh, walks. Um, do you have a favorite one? I, I think I have a favorite one based on whatever moment uh, presents itself. The one that pops up in right now is the Inner Smile Walk. And uh, I can talk briefly about it if, if you'd like me to. Yes. I, actually, I, I would even suggest one thing, Nunu. I think we definitely would benefit, especially our listeners. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, Glenn, you could, you know, even if briefly, maybe you could, you know, um, Walk guide with us. us through your yeah, yeah guide us on your favorite walk, please. Let let's do it. So what I will say is before we begin the walk, what I tend to like to have people do 
we're all familiar with a GPS in life, right? That helps us if we're trying to find a location. So I like to begin every walk with what I call the GPS, which is an acronym for ground, breath, space. So the first thing I like to do is have people feel the ground beneath their feet. This really connects to the earth, moves or shift their weight a little from side to side, front to back, and just really feel grounded. And then from there, allow your focus to move up through your body, almost like an elevator going up until you, your spine gets long and your head is reaching up into the sky. And there we are. So that's ground. Then the breath. We'll just do one, but normally I have people take three nice inhales and exhales. So we'll do one now. Just inhale. Hold it and exhale. The last part is space. And so with space, now whether with your eyes closed or open, you're just gonna sense into the space three, three to five feet around you in all directions. So three to five feet in front of you, three to five feet to your left, to your right, behind you, above you, and below you. Just try to fill that out with your intention, considering that to be your own personal space, your energy envelope. For those who believe in such things, you could say it's your auric or energetic field. And now once that's in place, these three areas, now we'll begin the inner smile wall. So first thing we're gonna do is picture a smile. It can be any smile. It can be a person's smile that you recall. It could be a little, the little yellow smiley stickers that we've seen over the years. Anything that represents a smile for you. And, and for others, if, you, if a smile doesn't come to mind, think of a bright sun. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna put that smile insert it into our body. So I'm gonna start right now, but I'm gonna insert that smile right in my shoulder. And then I'm gonna walk now, I'm gonna to begin to walk and I suggest you do, you all do it. And we're gonna walk with that smile in the shoulder. And then we're just gonna walk and move and not, nothing special, we just have our normal walk now. And then let that smile start to move down the, down the arm and just feel it light up everything. Right now it's basically, lighting up your brain in ways that normally wouldn't be there. It's bringing attention into areas of your bodies that might not normally have it. So you can bring your smile all the way down into the palm of your hand, just feel it glow in there in that space. And then you can take it and put it in the other shoulder if you'd like, right there, or you can let the smile go anywhere you want in your body. And that smile can be large enough to fill your entire back, it can be small enough to fill a freckle on your face, but just feel that smile and give yourself permission to let the smile move to any place that needs to go in your body. It could be a place that's injured, a place that's feeling unloved or unappreciated. It could be a place that you really, really love about your body, but just let the smile move and let it get brighter and brighter in these spaces. And we just walk and we allow that light of the smile to move through our body, track through our body. It can go through our bloodstream, however you want it to move. It's your smile on your walk in your body. And then as we come to a close, we'll just do a short version now. As we come to a close, we decide what we want to do with the smile. We can leave it in our body. We can take it out and send it off 
visually throw it into the air for everyone, or we can throw it in the air and say, I want it to go to my friend Nunu, or I want it to go to Joa, I want it to travel to my grandmother. Okay. That's our decision where you want that smile to go. Then we just carry on with our day for that. Wow. Wonderful. Thank you, Glenn, for You're sharing welcome. that with us. Yes, thank, thank you. you so much. Feels good as I'm walking now. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Really amazing. Um, well, and maybe to, to keep us in this beautiful mood, can you suggest us your second song? Yeah, my second song is uh, by Craig Fruis and Ananda called uh, The Daily Prayer, 108 Sacred Names of the Divine. And it's music that I, probably the music I listen to the most in my home, just because it has such settling, healing, beautiful effects on, on the mind and body, spirit and nervous system. I just love it. I feel the song is a, is a beautiful book to sing. All right. Let's, uh, let's take that walk.
Actually, now the song needs to match with the heavy rain I start having on top of me. So I hope the, the, the sound just makes it even more natural. I'll walk, but well, since I'm walking, I cannot resist to, to ask if you do have a, a favorite walk. And uh, I, I know it's an unfair question, but yeah. is there maybe one, one walk that you can share with us? Yeah, well, one of the things I'll say is, and, and you know, you're mentioning right now that you're walking in the rain, right? And we also just we did a little sample of an inner smile walk. So, one of the things that happens for me is you know, there are 35 walks, but they can layer into one another. So we can do an inner smile walk and a gratitude walk in the rain. So you know, but I would say if I'm going to say a favorite walk right now, it would be gratitude, and that walk is is very simply put, very simply described as a walk where we continually uh, express what we're thankful for. So for people that may be unfamiliar with a practice such as this, you could start by saying, I'm thankful for my ability to walk. I'm thankful for my feet that serve me and carry me. I'm thankful for my shoes. I'm thankful for this path in which I walk on. So the whole time we walk, uh, we would walk in gratitude. And when gratitude dries up from an external, I mean, an internal place, then you could look around and say, well, you could say in your moment right now, I'm, I'm thankful for this rain, for all it brings to the earth and, and to yourself. I'm thankful for the clouds to carry this rain. I'm thankful for the understanding that this rain may someday end up as water in my tea <laughs> in this interconnected uh, ecosystem and world that we live in. <laughs> And as you walk, you continue uh, to express gratitude. And one thing that happens is that your body starts to release happiness hormones and neurotransmitters. So you start to feel a shift occur when, when we practice gratitude. And I find that when we do these things while walking, 
we're embodying them. We're, we're really, really embodying the whole aspect of, of gratitude. And we get to see how it manifests in our walk. So the gratitude walk for me is, is really beautiful. And, I, and I, another version of it I have in a book is the gratitude walk for two or more. So we take turns. One time we'll listen to others uh, and the other time they'll listen to us. Um, it's a beautiful way to be received by another and also to receive another. And we never quite know what, what someone else will bring up as far as what they're grateful for. Well, it's, it's a really great to hear that, Glenn, because I think, I mean, without, obviously without knowing uh, the name that we used, um, I think we somehow do that uh, in our walking mentorship program. So now we can even um, use the name that we use and actually <laughs> refer to your amazing work. So it's really, it's really, really great. <laughs> thank you. Well, th thank you. And also, I want to take this moment to thank the work that you do. I'm, I'm sure your listeners, if they're listening to you, they're aware of this, but it's just amazing. When you reached out to me and I saw your walking mentorship program and how you're helping people and the smiles on the, on the people's faces, but also on both of your faces, I said, oh my gosh, I, I really want to connect with these two men. So thank you so much for what you're doing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, we, we definitely have reasons to be grateful namely having this conversation. So um, life is good, really. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and actually, I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, I was very touched by, by this, actually the name of your website. Uh, I don't want to miss this thing, but it's uh, leaving the highest you. Um, and it, I mean, it, it becomes so clear through our conversation, how this really, um, it's not so complicated. It requires definitely some discipline, some discipline. Um, but what, what are, is there anything you, you would like to share on that? Is there any special aspect that you would uh, find useful for our listeners? Well, certainly, and thank you for that opportunity to share in this way. Um, I would say that living the highest you uh, has the premise that we all have a lower and higher nature. And you know, oftentimes the lower nature is called our egoic self, our selfish or self-centered self. And it's not that that's all bad, right? A lot of things in this world were created out of the ego, out of competition. Some of our greatest probably discovered discoveries and advances may have come in some way, shape or form through an egoic mindset. Having said that, uh, I believe man all carries a higher nature. And you could say it's the indwelling spirit. You could say it's the part of us that is more resided and aligned with our heart. Uh, you could say that it is the part of us that is, in a sense, all-knowing and, and aligned with grace and goodness, kindness, passion. And that website, Living the Highest View, and my work in general, all is about how do we live more of that, right? Um, without judging ourselves or without judging others, mm -hmm. because we're all, we're all walking a unique path and um, mm -hmm. I often say uh, I don't need everyone to be like me the world would be pretty boring um, <laughs> but but I do think everyone has within them this divine spark this divine nature and my my work my path is to help people not only recognize that within themselves perhaps celebrate it within themselves and move walk think act and be more in alignment with that nature um, and again not not dismissing other aspects of themselves, not 
judging themselves, not shaming themselves for not living up to some highest ideal in any way, shape, or form, but to know that it's available there for us, just like the mystics and sages and way showers have been have been showing us since the beginning of recorded history. <laughs> so that's my path, and that's what I love to share. And uh, but with that said, I tend to love people just the way they are. Well, that's um, it's that's so yeah, that's so interesting, Glenn, because um, it seems, I mean, at least uh, I uh, even if it's a pretty uh, imperfect vision, but from what uh, probably me and Nuna have been able to uh, to see, uh, especially in the last, let's say, 10 years, um, no matter the, the constraints we have, I mean, no matter the starting point, the country where you were born, uh, your education, whatever, it, it seems that you, you can always choose to make um, something which hopefully it will be special out of your life, some kind of, to make a, a, a masterpiece of it, no matter what are the constraints. I wonder if this makes sense to you. And, the, and if so, how, how do you envision that, that possibility of making something very special out of your life, no matter uh, the constraints you were either uh, born with or you know, somehow collected along the way? Yes, beautiful, beautiful sharing and beautiful question. I would say one of the things is that, you know, we're very fortunate, at least in the developed world, to be privy and to have access to other people's stories, right? Um, the journeys of others. And so in this day and age, there's countless stories of people who have un, un, overcame obstacles and adversaries. Uh, like you said, people that are born in horrible situations, whether they be uh, socio-political, uh, situations or just family abuse situations. And they've gone on to, in their own way, uh, find their own path, find their own voice, and to really shine bright and, and, and contribute all they're here to be. So I would say first step I would advise people is to try to find uh, inspirational material on other people who have, let's say, healed themselves, found inspiration, overcome great obstacles, people that they resonate with and they can look and say, yeah, that's possible. I can do that. And then realize that the story that you just heard about that person is their story, but there is mm -hmm. your own story. And one of the, one a beautiful quote from Krishnamurti, one of the teachers that I love over the years says, there's a book inside you, learn to read that book. And that translates so perfectly to walking and the work that you do and the work that I do, because when we walk, we tend to find that settled, quiet place within us. And that settled, yeah. quiet place within us becomes the wellspring of inspiration that leads to what you were just mentioning about how does someone then become this greatest part of themselves and how do they bring it into the world? And often that that quietness, it's, you know, once again, to use it, to use a saying, it's, you know, we speak to God in prayer, we listen or hear God in meditation. And for many people, seated meditation, it, it just doesn't work. They're not wired that way. They don't have the discipline. They don't need yeah. to live a walking meditation. Boy, uh, and it doesn't even have to be a structured meditation, but just walking, allowing yourself to get out and walk really can connect you to that still quiet voice within yourself. And 
that voice, I believe, is the voice that will lead you out of the current negative or challenging situation you're in and, and steer you in the right direction. And, and then, so interesting. Uh, Go ahead, John. Sorry. No, no, I was just saying, I mean, this, uh, you're referring to this voice and uh, um, it, it's, it's really quite remarkable because in different cultures, I would even say different beliefs or religions or actually no religion at all, there's so many references to this uh, voice, which can come in uh, so many different ways, but kind of always with the same angle, which is sort of a voice of uh, co conscience, uh, righteousness, um, sense, good sense. And, um, and, and, and quite often you get that from either listening actually to another story, but quite often also listening to sounds, either nature sounds or to music. And uh, you, there's no lyrics many times, but there are lyrics that only you can uh, decode, I mean, inside yourself because probably that message is only for you. So maybe, uh, um, I, I think I know that you have a very special third song, uh, which we will probably do slightly different this time. We will listen a little bit now, and then we'll leave, uh, the, let's say, the more juicy part in the end of the podcast. So it's kind of a, a send out into the universe. So Glenn, maybe it's a good time to, and maybe you can explain us a little bit why you choose this third music. Yeah, thank you, brother. Um, the third piece of music is uh, called the Luck to Turna, which we could say means light eternal. And it's by, uh, it's composed by Morton Lauridson. And Morton Lauridson is uh, the USA's most famous choral composer. And the Luxaturna, this piece of music, after we had the 9-11 tragedy here in the USA, the Luxaturna was the most played piece of music throughout the country for the weeks to come. It acted as a healing bomb, a solve to many, many souls that were feeling scared, hurt, shattered in that time. And it has a beautiful undercurrent that just stirs the light within us all. And uh, I know it's a long song and I believe that you positioned it perfectly that people can just listen to it as, as our interview uh, comes to an end. But it's a beautiful piece of music. And I said, well, just the title alone, Up the Turn is special to me. Well. Thank you, Glenn, and yeah, it's perfect, uh, absolutely. And <laughs> it quite often happens that we, we don't really have much to do with the flow of our conversations, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm always amazed how uh, imperfectly perfect they, they tune, and uh, <laughs> it's so um, liberating, actually, to let, um, you know, other elements uh, play a role in our lives. I mean, it's uh, honestly for a control freak like me, like myself, <laughs> I, I, I just love it because uh, it's always a great reminder about uh, how little I know. And actually that's very reconforting. So let's, let's uh, listen to it.
thank you so much, Glenn. Another beautiful song. We will definitely put it in the end so our listeners can really flow into it and actually enjoy the full piece. Um, and I, I, I can't help but but ask you this question. Um, and it, it kind of connects with with the the sorrow and pain and and fear that followed 9-11 and that well unfortunately is plaguing the world again these days with the war in ukraine the invasion of ukraine um it's uh, a question well i hope we just want to to get a an idea of what you think about it but what are we are what are we missing as humans what are we not seeing as a species that allows us to do well all these things and, and so many others, actually. I think there's a few ways to look at it. And first would be that we're all fingers on the same hand. We're all leaves on the same tree. When we come to understand this, that we're interconnected, that we're not really separate from each other, that the borders, the boundaries, the religions, all those things were created by man. Granted, we learn from them. They help us shape humanity. They help us shape our destiny collectively and individually. But in the real world, in the real, real world, we're all interconnected. We're all sons and daughters of the most high, God, you could say, the universe, whatever, ever one wants to say, creation, greater mm -hmm. itself. And from this place, when one starts to look at life from that perspective, the idea of killing someone else over land, over religion, over religion, would be uh, just impossible. It wouldn't, wouldn't happen. So... Mm -hmm. If one can get into an understanding of that we truly are one people, then I think that alone would do it. As far as peace, peace on a global scale and peace on an individual scale, I believe it all starts within the individual. So as much as we're hurting around seeing what happens in the Ukraine and Russia, this whole thing where I personally can't even believe that these things are still happening in the world these days and it's an obviously a, a naive thing for me to say of course i realize that but it it just saddens me to see such that we're still mm -hmm. there as humans um with that said uh i feel finding the peace within ourselves the first step toward world peace i feel inner peace is the way to world peace and i feel the more we can take responsibility for our own thoughts feelings actions reactions steer them into a more profoundly understanding peaceful place uh, in our own world that'll ripple out uh, into the world so my my suggestion is especially people for over that are overwhelmed say how can you be, bring more peace into your life how can you bring more kindness into your life how can you bring more acceptance and self-love into your life i think those are huge keys uh, and then from that place as we mentioned earlier the still voice within Maybe then something bubbles up and you say, boy, I can contribute in this way. I can, I can make sweaters for, the, for refugees. I can do whatever, whatever inspired thing comes to mind. Or you could just, what might come out of it is say, I'm going to be a more loving parent. That's something I can do. Um, I'm going to be a kinder person when I go into a shopping store. So I believe that the wars that we see on the outside uh, often first manifest on the inside. Yes. Definitely. Well, well, Glenn, I, I, I'm afraid that we could definitely walk and talk for many, many miles or kilometers to come. And honestly, I really hope that 
sooner or later, uh, our paths will cross physically and we can walk together. I mean, it's something really, really to look forward. Um, unfortunately, we are getting very close to, to the end of, of this conversation, but there's kind of a classic uh, question that we like to pose. I mean, as you noticed by now, we are very curious people. So um, if you have the time capsule, um, I mean, what message would you place inside, you know, before sending it out into the, let's say, into the universe, taking into consideration maybe that tomorrow or maybe 1,000 years from now, someone or something will open up and will uh, see it or read it. Uh, what would be inside your time capsule? Wow. That is such a beautiful question. <laughs> One thing that comes to mind, is it my time capsule or am I trying to express humanities? Uh, what's <laughs> the, the earth, give them a sense of, <laughs> of earthling. I think mine, I would just have a little piece of paper and I'd draw a smile on it and I'd seal it up and send it into space. Um, and, and let's hope that they understand that there's a smiley face coming from another planet. Um, but, but I think, well. uh, but what I would put in there is probably some fresh dirt, some nice seeds, uh, and other things that I feel represent our planet, and maybe a, a beautiful piece of music. Maybe I'd put a, a, the CD or an MP3 of the Luck to Turner and, uh, and say, well, I know it's long, but maybe where they are, there's no such thing as time, and maybe they'll think it's the fastest song I've ever heard. Well, actually, if you, if you listen, if you listen to the song, it doesn't look long. Actually, it feels actually short. So yeah, yeah. Only the watch keeps going, but uh, but we know it's it's short. Well, thank yeah. you so much, and that, that definitely goes into our podium of um, time capsule. Uh, I, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, absolutely. I would put it side by side with. Uh, I believe from um, answer from uh, uh, medium from Spain. I the, think she placed the, yeah. she put the mirror, uh, so a tiny mirror. So I guess the, the smiley face and the tiny mirror. Honestly, so they could well almost go, they could almost go together. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe she's my soulmate. <laughs> well, we can, we can definitely connect you. She's not oh, far yeah. from Barcelona. Miriam Lop is a beautiful person. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. Like I said, from the very beginning that I saw the work you're doing, I was very, very happy and uh, excited to want to share with you. And, and, and I really would like our paths to cross. And I'm going to hold that intention um, one way or another. Uh, that we'll, we will find. Walk together. we'll find a way. We'll yeah. find a way. And, and Gwen, I'm, I'm, I'm looking sorry, I'm looking so much forward to read your book, and actually, um, I, I, I can't miss the opportunity to, to put it out to our, our listeners. Uh, actually, the name was mentioned before, uh, Walking with Gwen Banker, but I sorry, Berkenkamp. Um, and um, I really think it's worth the time from what Juan has been telling me, but from what I heard today, I have no doubt it's worth the time. So thank you so much for this um, beautiful conversation. Thank you, thank you Glenn. Thank you. Okay, blessings on your path. Keep walking with me. It is a podcast inspired by the walking mentorship experience. Step by step, we walk together towards the best version of ourselves. 
For more information about our mentoring programs, visit our website walkingmentorship.com.